Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to this Friday edition of the podcast. It's Friday, August 27th, and we are journeying through the letter to the Corinthians, actually the second Corinthian letter. Um, so yeah, glad that you're a part of it. Thanks for joining us today on the podcast. Uh, we, um, we are journeying through the New Testament for in a year, and we're now in the letter to the Corinthians. Man, a troubled church for sure. <laughs> troubled, troubled church for sure. Paul had some issues with them. They had some issues with Paul, uh, but it's an awesome word from the Lord to us on uh, just, man, how to do church, how to be the body of Christ, how to be uh, Jesus, uh, even in the midst of difficulty, even, even in the midst of... Um, some tenuous relationships. So, uh, so we're, we're continuing on today. We're in second Corinthians chapter three. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Um, this week we were both yesterday and today on the podcast only. So glad you found it. Uh, hopefully whether it's your first time with us or you're, uh, you've been with us the whole time. We're glad to have you, man. Welcome. Welcome. You know, what we do, we read, we pray, we change the world because when we read, and we pray, we get changed, we get inspired, and so we go out and make a difference in our world. All right, so let's do it. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation to you or from you? <laughs> so, so Paul is... Now, in the first century, it was not uncommon to have letters of commendation, right? So Because false prophets could be coming around claiming to be followers of Jesus, claiming to be teachers of the gospel, but they, they need, you need to have some cred. You got to have some, you got to have some recommendations. You got to have some character references. You got to need to have letters of commendation, not uncommon. What Paul's saying, look, do I need, you think, do you think I need letters of commendation? Come on now. Paul started the church in Corinth. He's like, you think I need letters of commendation? You, you, my letter of commendation, you know, you wouldn't even be in the church without the ministry through Jesus that we started here. Shh. So he said, so, so Paul's, so Paul kind of bowing his chest a little bit right here. Verse two, you, your, you yourselves are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by everyone. Mm. Mm. You know, um, every one of us is a letter of commendation probably to someone else, right? Like someone, people who've had an impact on your life, you are their letter of commendation. You think about who are the people that impacted me spiritually, that changed my life, that led me to Jesus. Maybe it was a pastor. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a parent. Well, you are their letter of commendation. <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a living proof that the gospel was alive in them. Why? Because it had an effect on you. The gospel that was in, in them affected you. That's beautiful, man. And we, as we share the gospel, as we go out and look for open doors, as we pour into the lives of others, they become our letter of commendation. They are written on their hearts, written on our hearts that everyone can see. Now, we need to go write some letters, huh? 
We need to go write some letters. We need to we need some letters of accommodation. We need to touch some lives. Verse three, you show that you are a letter from Christ. The result, there we go, right there, man. Result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the Living God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of your heart. Not on the stone. Not even like the stone tablets of that Moses used on Mount Moriah. No, not even that. Mount Sinai, I should say. No. Written on your heart. Such confidence we have, verse 4, such confidence we have through Christ before God. We have confidence. We don't need letters of commendation. You are those for us. And we have confidence that proves that God is working in our midst. Verse 5, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. And you see, Paul's like, you know, they're, they're questioning Paul's competence. They're questioning his competence as an, as an apostle. And so Paul's like, look, just look around. Just look at the fruit of our ministry. Look at the fruit of my ministry. Your lives have been changed. Every, in this room is filled with people whose lives have been changed. Why? Because Paul, as an apostle, had gone and preached his ministry. And so their lives, their very hearts are letters of commendation. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, not of the old covenant, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Yes, sir. Verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death, which was engraved in letters of stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, Transitory though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Yeah. Yes. So Paul's there talking about what? The Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the covenant that came through Moses. So he's saying what? If, if the ministry that was that brought death, we, the, we know he's talked a lot about this in Romans, right? That the Spirit uh, or the, the, the law did not deliver from sin. It just revealed the problem. It was like an x-ray, right? It was like an MRI. That's what the law was in the Old Testament. The law, the Ten Commandments, they're like a, it's an, like an MRI. It just reveals the problem. You can't, you don't take two MRIs and call them in the morning. Like, no, <laughs> you can take all the MRIs you want. That's not going to solve the problem. You can take all the x-rays you want. The x-rays don't solve the problem. What do they do? It's like a lab test. It just shows you the, what's, what's real. Just lays it out for what's real, man. Lays it out. That's what the law does. So Paul says, look, it brings death. It doesn't, it doesn't save. The law itself does not save. And it was transitory. It was, it was pointing towards the gospel of grace that came through Jesus. So if the law that was in Moses was glorious and it brought death, will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious? Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Because it brings life. If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious, remember, he's talking literally like Moses' face when he received the Ten Commandments was transfigured. Like he was, he turned white. He came back down out of the, off the mountain and he was white because he'd been in the presence of God. It was glory. He saw the glory of God. 
He's saying, if that's glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry of the spirit that brings righteousness? Yes. This is, man, this sounds like Romans right here, right? Romans chapter 3 through 5. It's all about that. Verse 10. For what was glorious has no glory now in comparison with the surpassing glory. Yes. The gospel, the gospel of Jesus on the cross, salvation by faith. Romans chapter 3. But a righteousness has been revealed. A righteousness has come from God. A righteousness from God has been revealed. Just Jesus, a surpassing glory. Verse 11. And if what was transitory came with glory, how much greater is the glory that lasts? Yeah. So he's saying, look, Moses' glory, for all it was, it was transitory. It was, it was, it was temporary. It only served for a period of time until the gospel of Jesus came. So Jesus came on the scene. Then Jesus came with the surpassing glory, and it's a glory that's going to outshine the previous glory, and it's going to last forever. Therefore, verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Mm. Underline that. Man, look, that's a reminder for all of us. With such a hope, what are we afraid of? With such a hope, with such surpassing glory, what are we afraid of? Paul says, with, with such hope, with such confidence, we are very bold. Sometimes we got to just tell ourselves that. I'm bold. You know, you tell yourself that enough, you buy it. You look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, because of Jesus, I'm bold. Because of the surpassing, surpassing glory of Jesus, I'm bold. You start living bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing uh, the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed. So he's saying, even now, even now, when the Old Testament is read, there's still a veil. There's something hidden. There's something, there's still something yet to be discovered. There's still something to be revealed that is made known through the Holy Spirit. Like it's it's a foreshadow. Their minds are made dull for this the same the veil remains when the old covenant is read. It is it has not been removed because only in Christ it is taken away. And I like that. What takes the veil away? Ooh. What removes the veil? Jesus. <laughs> what re what re removes the veil, the darkness? Jesus does. What brings the Old Testament to life? What, br what brings the lights on in the Old Testament? Jesus does. Verse 15. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. That's true today too, man. That's why we got to pray for, for those faithful Jews to see Jesus in the word of God, for the Holy Spirit to break through. But when everyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit. Here we go. Here we go. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Mm. Where the spirit of the Lord is. The Spirit of the Lord is our freedom. That's what Paul's saying. 
Paul's talking to this church that's been bogged down and, and, and divided and fighting and 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 in darkness. He's saying, look, no, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. The lights come on. There's freedom of the heart. There's freedom in the spirit. There's a reconnection to God. There's a vibrancy. There's a joy. The veil is removed. And it's like, ah, it's like when you, you open up the, the door on a, on, a, on that first fall morning, you know, you're in Florida, it's been summer and hot all, 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 you know, five months straight. And that first maybe October morning, you open up that door and there's no humidity. You're like, oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. It's like a wind. Just, ah, that's how it is within the spirit where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. The oppression of the veil is removed. And it's like air into your spirit, air into your lungs. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. That's a good one. Underline, man. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory or being transformed into his image with everlasting glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Praise break. Man, can you just can we just read 18 again? Come on. You know, we got to read that again. And we all. Who with look? Are, are we with veiled faces? Do we have to hide our faces from the Lord like Moses did? Do we have to put something in between? No, 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 no. Unveiled. Because in Christ we are righteous. Because of Jesus, we are righteous in his presence. We can come boldly before the throne of grace, before a holy God. So we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. We as we're doing this, as we contemplate the glory, how do you do that, man? Watch, watch this. As we contemplate the Lord's glory, how do we do that? We're doing it right now. When we spend time in the word of God, when we spend time thinking about godly things, when we start thinking about the Lord, we spend time praying, opening up our hearts to the spirit, allowing the, the spirit that brings freedom into our lives, allowing the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit to uh, take residence in us. We contemplate the Lord with unveiled faces. And here's what happens when we do that. We are being transformed into his image. More people, more like Jesus. Come on, more people, more like Jesus. That's what happens. We're being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. And how does that happen? It comes from the spirit. It comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Mm. Paul's trying to make a point here about um, becoming like Jesus, like, like sometimes people think, um, they, 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 they separate spiritual vitality from being, becoming more like Jesus. Like I can have all these spiritual experiences or I can have all these spiritual gifts and I can all, I can do all these cool spiritual things. I, I have discernment. I have this word of knowledge. I speak in tongues. I can prophesy, but they detach that from becoming more like Jesus, having ever increasing in, in the glory of Jesus. And what Paul is saying is, no, there is no separating the two where the spirit of the Lord is. Yes, there may be manifested gifts. There may be um, ta- there, may, there may be moves of the spirit. You may do great things through the power of the spirit, but it's always going to be connected with becoming more like Jesus. If your spiritual experiences 
becomes something other than about becoming like Jesus, then that is problematic. That's what he's saying. They're connected. What the spirit does in us is helps us to become, creates in us an image, transforms our image into his image with ever-increasing glory. That's the beauty. The beauty isn't, as he would talk about in 1 Corinthians 13, the beauty isn't how much you speak in tongues, how much you prophesy, if you can fathom all mysteries, if you can do all this, if you can, you, if you got faith to move mountains, if you if that all of that is keeping you from becoming more like Jesus, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> then you're doing it wrong. That's what he's saying. But where the spirit is, there's power. And it transforms us into the image of Jesus. Man, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for being a part today. Good word, man. That was a good word. Hey, you know what we do? We pray. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. God, thank you that um, that the veil has been lifted and we see Jesus. Oh, we don't see as those with veiled faces, but we see unveiled. God, we believe and we know because we've experienced that where the spirit of the Lord is, there's just freedom. So God, I pray for each and every one of my friends right now, wherever they are, whether they're in a car, whether they're on their bike, whether they're jogging, whether they're on their way to the office, whether they're at their home, whether they're looking at their computer right now, or whether they're on their phone. Lord, I pray in that place right now, there's freedom, that the spirit of God would invade that space and in their own hearts would be freedom. And that freedom would cause them and cause me to be transformed more and more into the glorious image of your son. Lord, I pray a special blessing on each person today, whatever needs they have, whatever they're dealing with, whatever special measure of grace they need, may you grant it in abundance today. Lord, thank you for this week. As we've read through uh, the final chapters of 1 Corinthians, now starting the first couple of chapters of 2 Corinthians, God, you've stirred us, you've, te- you've taught us. Um, we pray that today we would, uh, we would reflect that glorious uh, image Uh, that image of Jesus that you've placed in us uh, through the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. We give you thanks so much in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, God bless you today. Thank you for being a part of this Friday edition of the podcast. I hope you have a great weekend. Be safe. Take care of yourself. May the Lord minister to you in a great way. I hope God is super good to you this week. Hope to see you soon. If if I don't see you at worship at Bayside this weekend, see you again on the podcast on Monday. Be back on Facebook and Instagram Monday morning as well as the podcast. Thanks for sharing this and uh, we'll see you next time. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.